You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome to the Oz Network for week nine of our coverage of The Amazing Race Canada, as we're getting very close to the end here. And for the first time since episode one, when we had Martina on, we're actually talking to a past racer to get their opinions, feelings on the current season, some of the experiences of their past season. And uh, it could not be more exciting to have the guests we have this week because we not only have a racer from the original season one of The Amazing Race Canada, but all around Canadian icon as well. We have Hal Johnson here today of Team Body Break. Hal, thanks so much for doing this. A pleasure. Not a problem at all. Uh, you know, I think one of the most interesting things that I found in, you know, covering the Amazing Race Canada, I mean, obviously, like the show is just absolutely massive here in Canada. I mean, it's number one week after week after week, uh, no matter what the competition is. But uh, there seems to be like this huge fan base even outside of Canada. Like on this show, my two co-hosts, you know, one's from America, one's from Australia. They're both big fans of Amazing Race Canada, but, you know, don't don't really even understand when I'm telling them, oh, we're going to have Hal from season one on. You know, that you were probably the original like celebrity casting on The Amazing Race Canada. Um, and yet so many of our listeners, you know, we have listeners from Australia, United States, all over the place. You know, probably can't even be stated like, uh, I guess, the level of the, the awareness the public had of you and uh, Joanne when you were, did this show. You know, it, it would be, I think, fair to say more or less one of the most recognizable couples uh, in all of Canada, I mean, alive today, because your commercials, the, the body break spots, they literally aired on every single channel, no matter where you are for like 10, 20 years. I mean, just went on forever. Uh, and then I think what was surprising for me to find, you know, as I thought, like many people, when the first season aired, you know, oh, this is their, you know, celebrity casting. They, you know, probably contacted you and said, hey, it wouldn't be great for you to be on the show. But you're like you know, all around huge fan of The Amazing Race, aren't you? Oh, we're we're really big fans. Um, you know, it's funny as as people often say to us uh, that uh, you know they remember us from when when they grew up. Mm-hmm. Like they basically uh, Saturday morning cartoons. Uh, we're seen about uh, fifteen hundred times a week on one hundred and fifty <laughs> stations across the country uh, for a, almost about twenty years. So, it, w- whether or not you wanted to watch it or not, you couldn't get away from us. So it uh, it was it, it's been uh, it's been a great ride. We've been doing. Um, uh, you know, promoting fitness and health to Canadians now for 31 years. So, uh, and what we what we thought is that um, uh, when we when we applied for the Amazing Race, we thought it was kind of a, a culmination of, of putting our mo- money where our mouth was <laughs> as far as fitness and health is concerned. You know, were we up to the physical task to do it? And we we're going to show people that you know, even at our advanced ages that we could still compete with the kids. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, it was, uh, it, it was, it was quite a thrill. Uh, I'm still a huge fan of, uh, of Amazing Race Canada as well as Amazing Race uh, US. And, and, um, you know, I, I actually first contacted when I found out, I believe it was December 3rd was the, uh, the date, uh, 2012, um, when I was watching Amazing Race US, the final episode of that season, and they said, we're going to have a Canadian uh, audition uh, or Canadian season. Here's where you can apply. And I, I literally leaped up from my my chair, went to the computer, found out who the production company was within about 10 minutes. And I sent them an email saying, if you haven't found a host yet, I'd love to host <laughs> the show. <laughs> so it was, 
And they said, no, no, it's okay. We've got a host, but uh, you're welcome to apply. So uh, Joanne and I um, waited until the last minute to apply because our feeling was, you know, um, <clears throat> like we, we applied um, December or pardon me, February 28th was, the, I believe, the final day that we could, you could for submissions. And um, we, we submitted on the 27th. And uh, and the reason we waited to the last minute is we had done the video, and then we sat on it and said, you know, do we really want to do this? Um, you know, do we really want to, in a sense, uh, jeopardize our our image? Mm. Um, you know, we, we that was one of our big things. We were really concerned because what happens is is that, and I'm sure we'll get into it. I'm talking about season, the this particular season is that is that it's um they you know editing is all from a perspective um you know and you know how do they want to view you um you can anybody can edit you and make you look bad regardless of if you do nothing wrong you can you can still be looked to be not too bright or you know they can they can do a lot of different things uh through editing and that's what we were concerned with because we had absolutely no control over that so um but we said you know I I know that I don't yell and scream at Joanne. She doesn't yell and scream at me. They're not going to catch us in any respect like that. Um, you know, who we are on Body Break is who we are in real life. So, if you know if they're fair with us, um, we think uh, let, let's give it a shot. So uh, we we took our chances and uh, and did the first season, and it was uh, it's been quite a ride. And I think. What's great about that first season is that, you know, like I said, my reaction when I saw you guys were on the cast was this is the perfect fit. Like you, 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 you saying host, it never even occurred to me beforehand, but like, man, if they didn't get John Montgomery, you would have been a perfect host. But I think you need like, uh, you know, whether it's celebrity casting or whatever, I mean, you need to fit certain types of characters on there. And we've seen on the U.S. Maze Race, Canadian Maze Race, you, you always have yeah, as you said, an older couple, uh, and some of those are some of my favorite teams. I remember back in the early season of the U.S., like just seeing some of the um, uh, teams who are already like you know married and had children, grandchildren, who would end up going all the way to the final three. But then you add to that, you know, the fact that you you guys you built your careers on fitness and everything else like that. And I mean, this is a very physical race as well. Did you have any worries about you know being able to keep up with the you know twenty somethings uh, on the physical challenges? No, not at all. Really, we felt we had an advantage uh, being older. We we'd put IKEA furniture together before, so <laughs> we would not get frustrated. You know, um, like we that's one of the things that you realize is when you're um, you know, when you're in your 20s, you don't have a lot of life experience comparatively. So um, you don't have a lot of things that you say, say talents that you can acquire because you just it's just through experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm I'm I when I was 20 years old, I was not handy. Um, I'm pretty handy now. I mean, yesterday I was up on the roof uh, putting in these trough covers <laughs> and uh uh, you know, the day oh, uh, the, today I was putting in uh, rocks, um, um, uh, granite slab uh, p- uh, path at, at the cottage. You know, these are things that I do kind of every day. And, and you know, when I was 20 and 30, I didn't do that kind of stuff. So it really is uh, as you get older, you get experience. And, and, um, and, and one of the things we thought we had a big advantage is because Joanne and I had worked together 
um, you know, producing our like we we're the producers of our of our TV show. We're the we're the writers. We're we're everything in terms of putting it all together. I direct the shows. Uh, Joanne does all the editing. Um, so we worked together, uh, you know, very closely for such a long period of time that you understand um, you kind of stay in your lane and you do your job and and you have complete faith in that other person that they're giving 100 percent. And so that's one of the things we, whenever I, I watch the amazing race and I see, you know, different teams kind of melt down is that you kind of they they don't think that other person is trying or they don't think that other person, you know, is is uh, like they don't they don't support them uh, the way they should. They kind of get angry at them. And, and what you realize is that, and like I realized with Joanne, is that she is going to give 150 percent every single time out. So there's no reason for me to start screaming at her um, in any in any way. And I mean screaming in a positive or negative way, meaning you know cheering her on. Or um, or being frustrated that she's not doing the job because I know she's giving it her best, and that's one thing we said before the race is we said you know that and we all we kind of knew this but we just kind of verbalized it is that when when the other person is on the sidelines of watching the other person participate in a task, do not say anything, do not say anything negatively um, or or even positively, do not cheer. Because she would recognize my voice, and that would be distracting. Mm. And so it was really a matter of focus and saying, okay, um, that, you know, don't – so we never said anything. Like when, when Joanne was doing the uh, country line dancing in Calgary, uh, uh, I was, uh, you know, watching her, and I'm like literally, you know, mums the word, but watching her, and she, she did a terrific job. But, uh, uh, yeah, so those are, you know, kind of the, the – the, Things we talked about beforehand. Uh, also, you know, you know, people kind of don't know this. We, we, what, what, no, we were the number one team selected. We were the first team selected. I shouldn't say number one team. We were the first team selected. Um, we were basic se- selected, as I said, the um, um, on March, uh, March, I believe it was tenth. We were actually selected for the race. So, 20, the t- February twenty seventh, we put in our our. Uh, our uh, submission tape and then i believe it was march 10th we were actually um asked to be on the race so it was very very quick turnaround uh and then in april that's when the race actually started so um, most of the teams were selected by the end of the uh, the end of um the end of march and brett and holly weren't selected till uh, april 19th and i think it was april 20 april 28th is when we uh, actually are um uh, actually uh, started uh, started our race. You know, that quick turnaround, I mean, that can make a difference. You know, when Martina was telling us at the point that they realized they were going on, it was suddenly like, okay, there's a lot of things that, you know, one of us or the other is not familiar with. And for her, it was like, okay, I got to hit the gym. I got to learn how to run. I got to learn how to lift weights and all this. And you probably don't think about these things. And what you were saying about the experience actually making a difference, whether, you know, you are a, an older team or even a team that's in their 20s, 
at the time that season one, you know, was doing their casting, you know, I was begging, we were engaged at the time, but begging my wife, Let, let's apply for this show. <laughs> and she was like, ah, maybe, maybe, maybe. And uh, it was so close that uh, when we were on our honeymoon, we were like racing to catch a flight on the way home. And I was actually filming what I thought would have been our audition videos. We're running through an airport. <laughs> we get home and I show her the amazing race. And we really got to put this video in. Sure. One episode, she's like, oh, I'm not doing that. Like, no, <laughs> but like, even if she had done it, I look back now and I think, you know, that, that communication that you guys had, being able to be silent, those aren't things that I think we would have thought of at the time. And even you mentioned, like, being handy and w- what a difference that can make. Because it's not always physical challenges. I mean, we've seen, you know, this season, how many times it comes down to math or uh, you know, peeling potatoes or little things like that. And I, I think that's something that maybe has been missed in a lot of the more recent seasons, particularly more in the U.S. version where it seems more leaning towards, you know, let's cast social media stars. And they even did the season where everybody's a stranger and obviously that can make for good TV too. But I mean, I don't think you're ever really going to get the type of teams who have the most experience. I mean, this season, perfect example. I mean, Arthi and Thinesh, you know, we'll talk about them more later on. They go home. They very openly said throughout the season, you know, we're, we're still kind of a new couple and we saw probably more, uh, I wouldn't say disagreements or fights, but but a lot more clashing of styles and personalities from them than we did a lot of the other teams. Yeah, I think I don't. I think if they're together, you know, thirty years, you'll probably see some very similar uh, outcome in terms of their. They have just have a different personality. Uh, he's very cool, and and she's a lot more emotional. So, um, but it, it one of the things that we did for for. Uh, our race as soon as we were as soon as we were cast, uh, say March 10th, um, we then went into basically amazing race mode. So we and because we own our own business and run our own company, we, and and so we we took the time. It basically, I spent hours and hours and hours studying, and so did Joanne. So before we went on the race, um, apart, we also went to the gym and and did all sorts of other things that we don't normally do. We joined a, a climbing gym in, in Burlington, Ontario, so a rock climbing gym with rock climbing walls uh, to really kind of get over the fear of heights and get used to being up two, three stories uh, and, and, and not, uh, not being nervous about that in, in any respect. Because oftentimes, you know, you get thrown these, these challenges that you haven't done before, things yet, and you go, oh, geez, you know, being up on a ladder two stories mm-hmm. high, is that – you know, it's it's a lot longer down than you think. Um, so we we did that. I um, I studied. Um, uh, I knew Air Canada was the sponsor, and so um, I studied. And I knew that we we're going to be within Canada only. Um, that was uh, they told us that we were going to be racing only in Canada the first year. So I studied every route that Air Canada flies. <laughs> Um, uh, and I knew that if you're in, if you're in Vancouver past eight o'clock at night, night and you need to get to Winnipeg, it's, it's better to, uh, catch the red eye to Toronto and then, and then take the morning flight back. Um, you'll get there quicker. Um, all of these little kind of things and it actually worked in, uh, in our season on a episode, both on episode two and episode five, my kind of experience traveling and what I knew got on flights that people didn't think we could get on. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody else was able to get on certain flights um, in episode five from Whitehorse to get to Regina. And I was able to do 
to do it. And so um, I, I kind of knew it was funny because uh, I don't know if you recall Vanessa and Selena from our season. Mm-hmm. Um, she, Vanessa is uh, quite a well-known actress. Um, she, uh, well, we were at, we were at the gate in Kelowna, um, and I we had rushed. We got into the gate or got to the uh, the desk, uh, and I said uh, I'd like to get on the next flight to Vancouver. <clears throat> and uh, the woman says, "Oh, the flight is all full." And just at that time, um, Vanessa and Selena had pulled up, and, and they were at the, the next uh, person. And they said, well, we want to get on the same flight as them. And uh, the woman said, they're full. And I said, I said to the woman, I said, okay, put me on standby, please. And Vanessa looks over at me, and she says, well, what's standby? <laughs> and, and I looked at her, and I said, I thought my first thought is, you're on the amazing race and you don't know what standby yeah. is. Um, I said, standby is where you ask them to put you on a list. And if it opens up, they put you on. Uh, she goes, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Put us on standby. Yeah, too. Me too, please. <laughs> me too. And, uh, and, and what they did was, it was so funny because we got on and I told Joanne, I said, we're going to get on this flight. They're going to, and I said, because my thought was now I might be totally wrong, but my thought was, you know, they're just doing this for drama period, uh, uh, purposes because there was two other teams already on that first flight to Vancouver, um, Jet and Dave and um, the the hippie couple. They were both on uh, both on that flight, and so uh, oh yeah, and, and Brett and Holly. That's right. There's three teams on that flight, and then and then Joanne and I, are the uh, fourth team that arrived to the airport, and we get um, uh, we get on standby. And I said, Joe, be ready because, um, and, and the flight was almost going to leave like in about 30 minutes. Well, um, we get through security and I'm in the washroom and I hear would Harold, Harold Johnson and Joanne McLeod come to the, uh, the boarding gate, uh, immediately. So we raced and then got on the plane. And the reason I thought that is I thought they're probably doing this just for drama purposes so that when you get on the plane, the other teams think, you know, you're not going to get on and, oh, another team mm. gets on. And, and, and that's what, that's what happened. So it was uh, quite a, uh, it, it's, it's just funny. Um, I think our biggest disadvantage, which people wouldn't think about this, and we can talk about it uh, later on about it, about returning teams, is that because we were in the television business, part of my thought process was that there was always a camera there and I was always thinking about the camera. Oh, I wonder what angle they're going to shoot this at. I wonder, hmm, I wonder if they can pick up the sound well enough. I wonder, you know, so my, my mind is thinking in terms of production because I've been, you know, so many years producing things that that I, you know, I produce videos, we produce TV programs. We've done like 30 minute shows. We've done all, all kinds of things. So I'm thinking as a producer and, not thinking as a consistent. And so I actually gave Jet, um, Jet, it was an unfortunately eliminated in this season. Um, Jet and I have become very good friends is that uh, I told Jet that before he went on, um, before he went on the show this season, I said, don't try to live up to your Jet and Dave image. Because when you were out there the first time, you just you just did Jet and Dave. You guys just didn't think about it. You just did it. 
And I said, that's one of the things when you go back for a second time, you can get caught up in your image that was created the first time. And you're thinking about that. Oh, yeah, I have to be funny. Oh, I have to do this. I have to do that. And not just thinking race. Yeah. And that's uh, and that was and and he he mentioned it to me. Yeah, that uh, was kind of. um, And I said to them also, I said to Jet, do you really want to go? on it a second time and he said what do you mean i said well you guys were so good the first time everybody loved you you were so funny you were you were probably the two best contestants on the on the amazing race who never won i mean these guys were so good and so funny and he said um and everybody's rooting for you now how do you think you're going to be remembered after the time you go on the second time and you know it's is you now the now is it the the two guys that couldn't didn't buy a map you know <laughs> like and yeah, so the, those are it, it is it is interesting when you when uh, people go on for that second time it's it's they have a huge advantage uh legit and dave had a huge advantage um but uh and you know did they take it a little bit too lack lackadaisical um you know uh I don't know, but uh, it was. Uh, I was very disappointed that they were eliminated. Well, navigation's something that you know in the older seasons, the U.S. version, it used to be such a big part of the show. In fact, that was always my favorite thing when it, people would be okay. I got to get on this flight, and okay, that that flight, you know, seems like it's sooner, but you know, if we take this one, or let's go talk to this travel agent. And this seems to be the first season in a while where that's really coming back again you know we're seeing more stuff with the flights and we're seeing a lot of stuff with cabs and you know obviously in some areas where cabs are very scarce and and even this past week you know the cab drivers getting lost and all that navigation i don't know if it's always played such a big part in the race and has just been edited out or if this is something that really does create a lot of drama that they're just trying to bring back what do you think well i i don't think there's as much um, navigation challenges as there should be mm-hmm. in a race. Like, there's very few, um, very few, if any, especially when you're, you know, just in Canada, um, uh, flight. Um, uh, say they're all usually on the same flight. Mm-hmm. Like everybody's usually on the same flight. Now, <clears throat> one of the things that you know, I've never heard anybody talk about this. I'm kind of an airplane nut. I. I, I kind of know every aircraft that's in the, that I've ever flown on, and I've flown on literally thousands of them. I so I know all kinds of different stuff about airplanes. And so um, one of the one of the things that I don't know, I've never heard anybody talk about this, but I notice that there's not a lot of um, uh, there's there's like in this season, there doesn't it seems to be most most teams are are all on the same flights. Well. One of the reasons for that, yeah, I, I would think, is that when this filmed, the Max um, seven thirty seven Max was just grounded by the by the world, which totally disrupted Air Canada, and they they principally fly in Air Canada, and so Air Canada had fourteen seven thirty seven Max uh, airplanes, so all of their flights were disrupted, major, and. Um, so you wonder what effect, because I think the Max was grounded about three weeks to a month before filming started on on the Amazing Race. Because I know I was I was flying around uh, 
around that time, uh, different places, and all my all my uh, flights were were disrupted. Like they were all, oh, you're no, we, this one's canceled, this is canceled. So there's there was much less frequency of flights, and so if you what 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 they don't want to happen is they don't want one team to let's say take a nine o'clock flight and another team can't take to like a four o'clock yeah. flight or a three o'clock or whatever you know or, or even a noon flight if flights go nine ten eleven they don't mind that kind of gapping but they don't want something to be too outrageous and and I think that's one of the uh well, it could have been one of one of the issues because I'm thinking could have been a real nightmare for uh, uh, because don't forget like you're not just buying getting tickets for two people you're getting tickets for four because of your cameraman and soundman so it's there's a lot of uh, uh, you know a, a lot I I know and I knew every every flight that I've taken in the last uh, say three months four months. Um, uh, right after that time was packed like just because because there was less uh, availability so um yes i do a lot of speaking engagements across the country so it was uh i, f- I fly in quite a bit but uh and and I've, i noticed i i noticed it i said geez <clears throat> there's just a lot a lot less availability but uh i i i, and I that's what i like because i'm an air, airplane guy i wish there was more um uh, there, there was more of that mm. kind of thing. It, I, to give you an idea, um, in the U.S. show, I certainly don't remember the season, but there was a season where they were the U.S. was in Calgary, mm. and they were they were they were they were flying to the U, to Dallas for the final leg of the race. So they so they were all trying to catch flights to go to go go towards Dallas. Now they had to stay overnight and go the next morning, as it turned out. To fly to Dallas. Well, I said to Joanne, I I literally stopped the PVR. I said, and I went to the computer. And that's what I would do. I'd go to the computer and I'd say, no, they could catch. I said said to her right then, they should catch the red eye to Toronto because there's a there's a 12, there's a 12 o'clock, 12.05 or 12.10 flight leaving from Calgary to Toronto uh, every night on Air Canada. Fly there. And then there's an early morning flight because there's a there's the hour change um, difference. Now you now you're in the Eastern time zone, and there's an eight eight o'clock flight to Dallas. So now you're actually leaving at six a.m. Um, Calgary time, and, you know, doing this kind of rig and roll back and forth. That's how my mind works. So so I'm thinking then they're leaving at six a.m. and the earliest flight from Calgary was eight thirty. Calgary time, <clears throat> which is 10, um, 10.30 Toronto time. So you're leaving four and a half hours earlier, and you're going to get in. So you're going you're gonna to win. So that's how I, uh, uh, you know, that that's kind of how I think anyway. So it's kind of, uh, it drives me crazy sometimes. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, like you said, with the Canadian season, the fact that you know, you have to be on the same flight a lot of time. I mean, I guess there's a fine line between the the show wanting to have a race and then, you know, maybe not just have it be such a blowout because if you did have 
those giant gaps in the flights. I mean, obviously, that's not even fun to watch. And there seems to be a lot more of the staggering of, okay, once you arrive, you're going to be on a shuttle, and then they're about 15 minutes apart, so you get everybody on the list. I mean, we saw it again this week, you know, the first three on this, the first, the next three on this one. That seems to maybe be the only way in Canada that they are able to stagger enough so that, you know, you don't have everybody racing for one spot. You still have a little bit of a gap in between for editing purposes, but uh, you're not having people be hours and hours apart, which obviously wouldn't make for good TV. So I guess I kind of understand why they would do that. Yeah, you're right. And and that particular, you know, going to um, um, where you have to a sign up board again, you know, the, here's kind of my experience from uh, and Joanne's experience from from watching every episode of the U.S. version you know, for all of these years. Now, Jet had never seen the Amazing Race before he was on the Amazing Race, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which, you know, Dave told him, hey, let's apply. And he goes, well, apply for what? And he goes, well, this Amazing Race. He goes, I've never heard of it, you know. And so so Jet was uh, um, not a connoisseur of the race. So he, he and so, but but uh, that being said, being a, <clears throat> being a huge fan of the race, I had seen every episode. And so, when I when I two of the episodes in the U.S. version over the years, when they have a sign-up board, it, mistakes were made twice. People had signed up on the wrong line. So, in our episode, um, in our season, um, episode number four, and this was this kind of started the resentment towards us um, by the other teams because they thought the producers were giving us breaks for some reason. Mm-hmm is that when we got the yellow knife and there was a sign-up board there to catch, to be on flights one, two, or three, once we arrive in Whitehorse, um, the, we got there and Joanne started to write, and we were the, um, she started to write up right to be on the third flight because there's two teams for the first flight, two teams for the second flight, and three teams for the third flight. So we were the fifth team to arrive. And, as as she's writing our names, I, I just said to her, um, stop. And I said it in such a tone that, like, literally she, the magic marker, you know, you could hear the screech on the magic marker. She stopped so quick. And she said, uh, and I just took the magic marker out of her hand, wiped out part of um, her, our names that she had put on, and then I put it in the... Um, the miss the uh, the one on flight two because uh, Jody and Corey put their name on flight number three. They put it on the wrong line because of way the way the lines were. They were almost you had to look the the number one, two, and three were not lined up with the actual lines that went down. And I looked at that and I said they're on the wrong line. And then I just wrote our names in. I went over to the producers. I said. And the cameraman's filming all this. I went over to the producers. I said, I want you to come take a look at what I just did. They looked at it. They said, that's fine. And, you know, you didn't do anything wrong. And we got on flight number two. And Jody and Corey got on flight number three. And so that was one of the reasons that the team started at that point uh, to gang up against us. And then on leg five, we got, uh, we got on the earlier flight because I knew how to, I knew understood the system, and um, they thought the producers were trying to um, um, have us win. Which the producers, the I remember, because the producers are in contact with the camera guys all the time. So our 
our camera guy called him and told him where we are. And and he, I hear my camera guy saying to the producer, yeah, he got on that flight. I don't know how he did. The, the, the producer's going, how the hell did he get on that flight? He's not supposed to be on that flight. How did he get on the earlier flight? How could he do that? You know, and they were, they were shocked. So, um, and that's why, uh, one of the reasons why the Tims, uh, U-turned us. And did you find that there was, was it, was it just because of situations like that? Or did you find that from the beginning, whether it was resentment or, or, you know, paranoia that, you know, you were being helped by production, <laughs> But I would have to imagine just the fact that you came in there, you know, whether somebody looks at you the same as a talk show host or a singer or an athlete or whatever. I mean, the just the recognition of everybody in the country knows who you are. Was there any type of paranoia about that from the beginning or were teams even just gunning for you being like, you know, the same way that like there was, you know, some gunning for Jet and Dave this season. It's like, oh, they've been here before, you know, so, you know, obviously – I guess it, some people would pro- kind of want to be protected. Like, this is our season. You know, we want to be the winners. Uh, we want this to be like a pure season. Was there any of that from the beginning? Um, n- no, no, actually, there wasn't. Not at the beginning, especially the first episode. Jet, uh, I had pulled my hamstring literally 10 seconds into the race um, from, from the start, literally. And I was limping most of the race um, because it was, uh, it hurt pretty, pretty bad. And, the uh, we're running in the um, uh, with Jet and Dave. Uh, this is in Kelowna, the first leg, and we're teams number three and four, and we have to run about 300, 400 yards, and I can't even hardly walk. And Jet says to Dave, let's let Hal and Joe go in for third. We'll, we'll walk behind him at fourth. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, so, and <laughs> that's... Uh, you know, um, that's the kind of guys. That's the kind of guy Jed is. Um, he he really is a, a really really great guy. Um, but we found from many of the teams that they they felt. Uh, I'd say Brett and Holly, the the Tims, uh, Vanessa and Selena, um, those teams primarily resented us being being there on the race um the because of they felt that we've already had our 15 minutes or 25 years of fame to that (laughs) point uh in terms of being in the public eye so and there's nothing you can do about that like you can't you can't be um i i can't try to convince you that hey i'm just another guy who wants to loves the show i mean that's basically i've you know regardless of you know i remember on survivor jimmy johnson uh and the football coach mm-hmm. was on Survivor, and you know people resented. Oh, you know he's got all kinds of money. He's you know this and that. So I didn't look at that way. Well, he's a big fan of the show, mm-hmm. you know. And 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 one of the things that people have to realize is that is that um, when they when they cast the characters for the show, um, every like in our season, um, if if the teams had looked at themselves and said, like for example, the Tims. The Tims wouldn't have been on our show, except the fact they had a good story. Exactly, yeah. Um, and and the story was, you know, the father's got Parkinson's, and and that's their story. Um, you know, um, Jody and Corey. Well, you know, he, he was a um, Jody was a missing his. It was an amputee missing his legs. Um, you know, that's he, would he have been on the show if he was just a just a soldier? 
who hadn't, you know, hadn't been an amputee. You know, like what they realize is that every when they pick pick a, a cast, uh, everybody is filling filling a filling a spot, mm-hmm. and they've got to have a story. And that's why you know people have said to me over the years, they've said, "Oh, how, how do you get on? Like, what what should I do for my video?" And I said, "You've got to have an angle. You've got to have a story. You've got to have something that's that's going to bring somebody in um, that that they can." you know, kind of pull the heartstrings on in, in one respect um, or be very interesting. You know, this year you've got the Olympians. Uh, would they be on the show if they weren't, you know, uh, um, you know running for Canada? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that sort of thing. Or even Trish and Amy. I mean, they both <clears throat> kind of have a story, but there's another perfect example. Yes, absolutely. And then, and then they, you know, it's funny because people, I find it funny when people have done videos and so forth that go, you know, I skydive, I do this, I do that. They go, they go, I say, well, they don't want you because they, they want somebody that's, you know, skydiving. They're they're going to start to cry if they have to jump up. Yes. That's, that's what they're looking for. They're not looking for somebody who goes, oh, yeah, I did 12 of these jumps last week. You know, <laughs> they go, that's not what they like. And so, like, Martine, for, for example, like, she has she had so many people go, how the hell did she get on? <laughs> Well, she got on because she's afraid of heights. She's unathletic. She's, you know, she's every person at home, and she's trying to. It's the overcoming of the fear that is the uh, the hero, uh, and that's what they're looking for. They're not looking for somebody who's, uh, you know, done it all. And that was, you know, interesting in the heroes edition. Um, that was their whole angle, and and again, the first team, Happy and Chewy, that got eliminated. If they didn't get eliminated that first episode, they would have won because they, like they, they know so much and they were so physical and so smart and um, they, you know, they. But it, what I've always said, luck plays an amazing part in the in this show. Uh, you can be the best. Jet, Jet, and Dave were the were the best team in our season, and they were the they would have been the best team in this season by far. Um, and they're eliminated first, mm-hmm. you know, so <laughs> who knows? And along the lines of like playing to a type, you know, whether it be why the producers are casting them, or I think in this season, what's interesting is the most talked about team, which of course we got to bring up Dave and Arena. <laughs> There's no hit <laughs> not bring them up. I'd love to hear your take on them because I sort of see... Not only that, there's a lot of fans who are just downright upset and, and forgetting, I, in my opinion, forgetting the fact they're watching a television show that's made to be entertaining one way or the other. But I feel like Dave and Arena almost know what their type is. And they're like, you know what, we're going to be that type. And in a weird way, it kind of works in their favor because they use that, as Dave said this past week, you know, there's psychological tactics to being the villain or the one that everybody's gunning for. Well, yeah, I think um, it, just to go back, a, you know, to our season, just to, as a comparison, Brett and Holly, especially yeah. Brett, was the, was the villain in our season, and so uh, Brett knew he was the villain before the race started. Mm-hmm. He he told me he goes, "I'm the villain in this in this," and I said, "Because you're not allowed to speak before the race, but we're in the elevator and we happen." happened to be alone in this ele- in the elevator before the race started and he goes you know I'm the villain in the race I said uh what are you talking about uh and he goes yeah I'm I'm going to be the villain he, he he knew it before he started 
But then again, Brett's wife said most people hate Brett when they first meet him. So he's and and we we, we were it was kind of an interesting sidebar. But before the first day that you um, the first day that you you get to uh, the hotel that they they put you up in before the race starts, you go down and there's the CTV people, there's the Insight people, there's all the people there. And you're meet, it's your first meeting, and they're going to you know, tell you stuff and, and uh, you know, uh, go through rules and everything like that. Well, before the meeting start, we all sat in our own seats, and it's a, kind of a boardroom, and we all sat to get together in our, in different, um, uh, at different tables. And um, the, before anybody said anything, I, uh, Brett puts his hand up, and he says, um, yes. On page 42 of the contract, and we all look at each other, we go, how the hell does this guy know page 40? Like, we don't have contracts in front of us. And he goes, it says da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And I said to Joanne, he must be a lawyer. <laughs> and, and, and then Joanne says to me, he must be an ass. And, and, I, said, and I said, and so then, then we, we, we then have a break about an hour and a half into it. And we go to the uh, there's the little food thing. We right there at the back of the room. We grab a drink, grab some food. We come back to our seat. Except Brett and Holly, they go and sit in another racer's seats. And so, and, and there's not that many seats. They switch seats. You don't do that. Like you just you just don't. So we knew right from the start that he was going to be the villain from our season. And and I think until. Until this season, I thought Brett was probably the biggest villain in the show. Mm -hmm. And I think that, from my mind, Irene has topped that. I don't think Dave is a is a villain. Dave, I'm very similar to Dave. People don't... I am really competitive. Mm -hmm. What what Dave is doing is a competitive thing. He's, um, he's competitive. Uh, I think what Irene is doing, um, this may be getting too too much psychology of it, but she's um, she's she's pretty insecure, and so she's covering up her insecurity by being rather um, uh, heartless and rather just arrogant, um, and that's where and and I think that the I think that the, the producers would have picked up on her. Um, um, her uh, entitlement, mm-hmm. and and yet, you. I think you saw the real Irene when she had to do the speaking engagement. Yeah. Uh, the speak the speaking um, not speaking engagement. That's what I do. That's what I was saying. No, but when she had to do this the speech for the G eight summit for yeah. the G eight, that was the real Irene. That is, she took she took the the um, um, the veil down. And that's that's who she really is—that very insecure um, person—and and then she puts up this "I'm all that." <clears throat> um, you know, she's all that. She got rid of an express pass because she wouldn't jump in the water and get wet. <laughs> like I, I like I don't know how you're all that. And like 20 minutes um, before they're about to do another challenge, they literally got stuck on and could have used it for. <laughs> that's that's right. So so I, I looked at I look at Dave and I go, you know, you're a you're a competitor and you're doing everything. Like when he said in last week's episode that he was an ax throwing champion, <laughs> I, 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 I stopped the PBR. I turned to Joanne. I go, 
He's not an ex-storm champion. He's just BSing these guys to get in their head. That's it. I would do the same thing. I literally, I if I was doing a face-off like that, I'd say, "Oh, <clears throat> Joe, isn't this great? We this is what we did last last yeah. month. <laughs> yeah. you know, we were practicing this, you know. I, but but now we're we're doing it without a blindfold. It's, it's going to be so much easier, you mm-hmm. know. So I so I appreciate Dave's competitiveness. I don't appreciate his um bullying of of some of the teams um that that he is uh, that he has done that you know some of the things that and some of the things that are kind of um what i've been told in terms of um his his style mm-hmm. um you know and and i think his uh, the bullying i don't i don't i don't like um and i'm but i i, I appreciate his, his competitiveness uh, Irene, I just think she's just very insecure, and and she's coming across um, and not very nice. But it's all a facade. Do you think that some of the like psychological tactics, like especially this past week, you know, the, everybody responded to the, the the frowny faces and the again, <laughs> and yet he said like that's my strategy. And you know, week after week, we find on this show when when a lot of those psychological tactics are being used, or even when he was like what everybody says the cheating moment where he was just looking off somebody's board. I mean, it's something we've seen on the Amazing Race a million times in every single season. But it just strikes a nerve this time, you know, maybe because they are the lone villains. Or like you said, it's the first time since Brett that we've really had a true villain on the show. And yet, in some ways, I feel like these tactics are kind of working. Like, Arthur Thinesh, perfect example. You know, no disrespect to them at all, but, like, they really were dominating. And then you could see at the moment where um, there was the the penalty episode where everybody took the penalty on the clam challenge. And Dave kind of started that. And they got so set on, no, we can't do this, that I feel it almost cost them that leg. And from that point on, like their performance just started to slide a little bit more and a little bit more. And I mean, there's probably a million factors that go into you know, why they eventually went home. But a small part of it might have been just you know, getting so competitive against one team that maybe they did take their eyes off the race a little. You're absolutely right. They were... Um... They did. Uh, they were. Uh, Arthi especially uh, was so focused on on Irene and, and Dave that it, it took them off the ball. And and again, you know, I, I, I give you our experience. Um, <clears throat> Brett got into Joanne's head on uh, on leg four, <clears throat> and uh, I, I had gone to uh, uh, Mike Bickerton, the uh, uh, producer, uh, and I I asked him um, about a U turn. I said to him, I said, do you, um, if you do a U-turn, this is during uh, leg, leg three, I said, if you do a U-turn, it was after the, after the episode was over, uh, or this, the leg was over, I said, can, can you, um, if you do, if you U-turn another team, uh, can you U-turn, can you uh, do a second U-turn, are you still allowed to do it again? And, and he, uh, he said, yes, you can. And, uh, and I was talking to Brett about uh, at one point in the airport, and, and he mentioned something like that. And I told him, "Oh, I said, yeah, Mike told me that. Yeah, you you can." And then um, Brett went and st- said to Joanne that I was a liar. Like he started to create, and and Joanne got a very how's that lying? He doesn't lie, and and it got into Joanne's head, and she was uh, 
she was all messed up. She was like, all you know, she was upset, and that he called me. Like I said, Joe, why do you care what somebody calls me? Like it makes no difference. But the biggest thing you have to understand, the viewers have to understand about the race. This is the biggest thing. It's not a, it's not a physical race. I told, uh, I was told by, by a producer, a, the U.S. producer who came up and helped. In, in our first season, they helped the, um, the Canadian producers. The, the person said in front of everybody, they just didn't say it to me, they said uh, in one of our meetings, you can walk this race and win. Read your clue. Mm. Um, you can, and you can, and you go, yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> I got to run. I got to run. Well, no, you can walk this race and win because this race is much more psychological than it is physical. So if the the reasons why a lot of the teams, most teams lose, is uh, is is psychological. In this last episode, what what you don't what you don't really appreciate what 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 you don't appreciate is that they had to take a seventeen hour bus ride from Toronto to Thunder Bay. So they're taking a 1,700-hour uh, bus ride, and they're, the team that's able to wind down for those 17 hours and sleep over, over that, that bus ride, that's the team that's ready, to, ready when they get off that bus. That's the biggest factor. And, and so you, you've got to know when to – because what happens is when you're under stress um, – it's you're under that fight or flight feeling when you're on the race. You've got to be able to come down, and the teams that are able to come down are the teams that are successful, um, because then then their energy level, both both for the the mental challenges and the physical challenges, are are there. Um, if you don't come down, your mind is scrambled and you can't remember anything. You can't, you, you can't, you're looking at the marker and you can't actually see the marker and you go, I'm uh, like, it's, you know, people say, gee, you know, you kind of seem kind of brain dead on that. Like, and you just, and it's because, um, it's, it's because you are, because your mind is scrambled. And, and so the teams that were able to, um, like you, you could see the, um, the girls from Saskatchewan, um, and Arthi at the uh, uh, at that final challenge, they were they had you know it was because they'd been on a seventeen hour bus ride. They were scrambled just to cut cheese. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that's that's what people don't you know truly understand. And Dave, Dave is able to uh, get uh, be able to bring himself down, so he's ready for the challenges, and that. That ability is because he's he's a fighter. Yeah, exactly. And, and so he's got to he's got to be. He goes, okay, I'm not fighting now. I need to get my energy level together, and I got to be ready for you know eight o'clock to do the fight. Because when you're flying to some place or you're being bussed or you're on a train, you have to look at and say, um, you know, I can't do anything on this train. I can't do anything on the bus. I better conserve my energy, and that's the that's the biggest tip that I would give anybody who's ever on the race: conserve your energy. Um, you know, then that's um, 
that that's what you know that that is so so important when you when you're on the race. Another thing we saw this week, which I think one of the great things about the show is that you know, you can pinpoint strengths of every team, but everybody has their weakness. And obviously, the show they want to amazing race way more than Survivor is able to spread out this team. We're going to give them a story here. We're going to give them a story here. And I don't want to jump too hard on you know one team making a mistake, but you take like the the idea of okay helping that was a big story point in the one with the clam challenge it's like no we're all going to work together to get rid of dave arena the same thing came up this week when arthur and Thinesh were behind and they asked sarah and sam for help and then sarah jumped in and says oh yeah it's this and i'm sure every viewer was doing exactly what sam was doing at that point like sort of slapping their head like you know what are you doing like you're you already know you're the last two teams you know if you go out on this you basically will have caused your own exit so i'm not to jump on sarah and sam at all but i, I feel like there's a time and a place to maybe work together. Like maybe if, you know, you have uh, a team that's just so dominant, you're like, okay, everybody just agree. Let's try to detour this one team because they're our biggest threat. Well, even if you do eliminate them, somebody else will be the big threat next week. But in a situation like this, there really didn't seem to be any benefit to helping them at all. I mean, it was probably just like a rookie mistake, but still like, I feel like helping other teams that's something that should be done early in the season, if if at all. And then when you get this late, like, I don't know, just, I'm sure everybody was just slapping their face like, what is going on here? Well, you know, you're right. But I and then just to back that up a little bit, um, they took a that was a continue racing. Mm-hmm. They took a, a nine hour uh, train ride from Quebec City to Toronto um, and they had to change um trains in uh in montreal to so like quebec city to montreal montreal to toronto jump off that train and then get to the uh get to the rom so they they did that so that's a nine hour nine hours of being on there so how how fresh mentally are you and then they're racing through so that's what i'm saying is that if she didn't conserve her energy and conserve her thought process uh didn't drink enough which is very, 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 very important. I became dehydrated on, on leg five uh, pretty severely. Uh, we had no access to water, and it was 40 degrees. And so if you don't drink enough, you don't eat enough, and you don't conserve your energy, you do things that are um, – that you're that you, later looking back on it, you go, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. And and that's one of the things that you, you, you don't take into consideration. Do – do the producers like those things? Absolutely, because it makes for you know good TV and, and and water cooler talk the next day. Can you believe that she, she gave them? You know, mm-hmm. now and that one of the things is if you're battling for uh, that battling for first, that's one thing. You're battling for last, it's it's uh, um, you know it's, it's survival. <laughs> that's right. So it's uh, that's where I would I would. Um, uh, I, I understand. I understand why she made the mistake because it's a a natural reaction in a sense that oh to do that. Now my reaction would have been um, uh, I, we we would not we would not have made that mistake if she would have asked us that. In fact, I I I don't really uh, I don't really I don't really like and neither does Joanne. We do not like when teams work together. Um, 
like on the uh, on the race. We just we just don't like that. Uh, we we don't we think it shouldn't be allowed. We, sh- we like when teams actually um, have do challenges where they because it it um, it negates the that this is your responsibility. You've got to you've got to do it mm-hmm. right. So it's uh, if you don't get through it, you don't get through it. Uh, that's that's kind of that's kind of the way we think about it. But you know, we like, so like even even the the uh, when the teams were working together for goats on the roof. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know when the uh, like well they shouldn't work together. Yeah. You know, um, and so it's whatever team gets out of there because <clears throat> the interesting thing your partner cannot help you when when on those types of things your partner can't say a word mm-hmm. so your partner can't help you but that other team can help you right so uh, like if if Irene and um uh, or the other you know member was was close she could not help Dave it, that's against mm-hmm. the rules you cannot say anything uh when you're the other partner sitting out but why is it that another team can help you so i prefer if they would not allow any teams to be able to work together the 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 team that comes through is the team that comes through i think that there's times where you know teams work together and does create drama for one reason or another like the the clam challenge okay we're gonna they really made that their their heroic moment you know we're gonna stick this out to the end but it was in the exact same episode i'm glad you brought up the the goats on the roof one because when i was watching that i'm like you know i'm so shocked that everybody's so upset at dave looking on somebody's board i mean I'm watching a show to see people be competitive in race and they just guessed it before going in there. And I think that's almost like one of those moments when you were talking about, you know, you you found the spot where you could get on the earlier flight because somebody made a mistake. And I'm sure after that happened, the producer's like, okay, well, you know, we're going to have to rework this in future seasons just to make sure there's there's no no big issues. And that's where I felt like when the goats on the roof challenge, you know, happened because I'm like, I, we don't even make them go in there. Like, if they know it, great, but how did they not make them at least go in and go through the motions, go through the case, take the pictures, and then give us the answer? Right, because that that is that was part of the challenge, too. And so it was like, and that's where I think everybody scratched their head. But you have to and say, well, um, you know, why didn't you go in and, and make that? Um, make them take the pictures because that that was also part of the challenge, mm-hmm. and so. But what you have to you know realize is that there was a producer there to do that. That and and they would have been how can I put it shocked that somebody would be able yeah. to guess it before even going in. The most obscure so, thing, like this, isn't like you're in a major city or it's a major right. landmark. Goats on a roof. <laughs> like how how did he know that? Like I still don't know how he was able to discern like that would be what it is and so it's like well like um that producer at that particular point in time had to make a decision do i make them go in or do i just let them go um well they already have how are we gonna you know they, they probably it was just the decision they made okay you got the answer okay fine let's go now in retrospect you're right. In retrospect, they may come back and look at it, saying, "Okay, regardless if you have the final answer, you still have to go through and get all the pieces to it before you can actually, um, before you can actually uh, move on to the next task." So, yeah, it's there's a lot of say producer judgment that has to be uh, in play, and when things are way out of the ordinary, like that was, um, that's a split decision that you know, you, I, and I, I hesitate to call it a mistake. Um, 
but it's a decision that that they would they would not even have for, been able to foreseen uh, happening in the, in the, in that sense. Mm. Now, this is also the first season since years where they're not leaving the country. I mean, I don't even know if that was announced at any point. We've sort of been watching week by week, like, you know, maybe they're just going to save it for the final leg. But now at this point, I think they've clearly announced, you know, the last couple of legs is all going to be in Canada. Um, did you have any disappointment when you realized you weren't going to leave Canada? Or I, I guess the flip side of that is that if you really are in this and you enter a show like this because you're like, I want to be competitive, I want to win, you may feel like you know, you're know you not at as much of a disadvantage because you're not going to have to worry about different languages and different cultures and everything. Well, you know, we knew before we before we before uh, the season started, uh, we knew that it was going to be Canada only because it was publicized in the newspapers beforehand that it was going to be only in Canada. Um, and we thought of that as an advantage for us because Canadians know who we are. So it's like, well, you know, we might get a, be able to get help, yeah. you know. Um, and so that's where and we did actually we got we got help on the uh, because they give you a, an allotted certain amount of money each leg of the race. Um but we were it was on leg uh on leg five um we're going from vancouver to we went from whitehorse to vancouver vancouver to calgary and then calgary to edmonton edmonton to regina that's how we had to get to regina on the fifth leg but on our vancouver calgary portion a guy in the plane says to me as i'm walking by him he's already seated he says do you need money and I said yes, yes. So we get off the plane, and the guy guy gives us like uh, three hundred dollars. Him and his buddy give us like over three hundred dollars. I took a, a, a um, Canada Goose jacket that we got on on leg uh, four. It's a thousand dollar jacket uh, that they gave us, and I just gave him the jacket, <laughs> and I said, "Thank you very much, sir. <laughs> it's uh, <clears throat> that was very very nice of you." So. Um, and and it was interesting because, uh, as I said, I fly a lot, and I was, and I know the timing of when they're when they're filming in terms of the the time of year and so forth. So, I uh, I was I was in the airport, and Joanne was in Calgary, uh, go, and then she was going to meet me in Vancouver, and I was flying it because we're doing a speaking engagement in Vancouver, and we go out a day or two ahead of time because. We um, we always do the uh, gross grind, uh, the gross mountain uh, run up the gro- up ground across mountains. So we get out there a day and we we go ahead and do that. So I'm I'm flying out, and Joanne's flying from Calgary. So I'm by myself flying, and I'm at Pearson Airport in Toronto, and uh, I run into uh, I see a cameraman and two and uh, sound guy, and I see two guys walking with them, and I go. I look at them, and they look at me, and I know the cameraman. And he, he, look, he looks at me, and he, and he starts laughing. And I go, and I come over to the two guys, and I said, ah, so uh, how are you guys doing? And they look at me, like, stunned. Like, they know who I am, but they, they look at me like, oh, we're not allowed to say anything. Like, we can't say we're on the – I said, uh, you guys racing? Or just walking through uh, the airport with two with a camera guy, uh, you know, so you don't have to do selfies. And they start laughing, and I said, "Yeah, I, you know." So they all knew I knew exactly what mm-hmm. you know the jigs up, right? <laughs> so, so I said to him, I took out uh, this. They were the winners of uh, Paul, um, winners of season oh, four, Sam and Paul, Sam and Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, and I uh, said, "Listen, uh, I, I don't have much. I don't care much cash, <laughs> but I got a lucky twenty. <clears throat> here's uh, here's my lucky 20. 
and uh, and and they end up winning. Uh, that I saw them. I think it was uh, there was like three legs to go. There was they were just coming back from international, and uh, but they were the only team that I had seen in the airport uh, uh, there. But uh, so it's uh, uh, but as far as as far as international is concerned, um, it it would it would have been. Uh, it would have been nice to go international. And as a viewer, I like the, the seeing the international, the culture, some of the other things that you have to come up with. Um, the smells are something that you, you, I think that you don't realize. Like when you get into those markets and so forth that are you know not something that we're kind of accustomed to. Um, just another thing to throw you off. Language, obviously, when you're dealing with a, trying to communicate to a, a cab driver that you know, doesn't speak English. Mm-hmm. But... You know, Brett said to me, and I said, "Oh, yeah, it would be nice if we got international." And he said to me, "Really? Like, does it really? Would it really matter? Because it doesn't matter as a contestant. You never see where you are. Like, you may be in Tokyo doing your challenges, but you're racing from one place to the next. You're not standing there going, oh, isn't this really nice?' Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, when in in our season, they took us to um, uh, we had a challenge in Chinatown." Everybody, nobody spoke English that we dealt with, so we had to deal with the language barrier there. Um, and so, and we had to do uh, uh, actually Chinese um, calligraphy. We had to write in ch- Chinese and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, so they made it a kind of a, a Chinese challenge, as if as if we were in China. Um, but uh, it was uh, as a viewer, I I I like it, and as a contestant. Having those 10, 12, 14 hour flights are actually really good. Yeah. Because you can't go anywhere. You know, and it allows you, if you're in the proper mindset, to be able to shut down and to say, you know what? Uh, Let me just recharge right now. Let me relax. Let me bring it all together. So when when I was on a plane, we were flying, um, you know, up to Yellowknife. Or wherever uh, we were flying to, over to Whitehorse or whatever, it was that was the time where I knew there's nothing I can do. I've got to let my mind go on rest mode, and I got to prepare myself for uh, uh, for for the for the fight ahead. You know, one thing that I just I, I have to <clears throat> get your take on here is if Sam and Paul had taken that twenty dollars and given you back. A one thousand dollar jacket. Like, how much would that have just made your life? <laughs> well, it no, it was it, it was. Um, I, uh, Joanne and I had always said, if we ever, when we're ever in an airport, we see an amazing race team, we're gonna give them, gonna give them money. Hmm. And um, you know, but it was, uh, it, it was just, it, it, it was fun. They actually filmed it. The, the camera guy said, "Oh, <laughs> let me let me film this," and they they filmed it, and and they got my release and the whole deal to do it. They were they they were going to put it in the show, and they they couldn't see the storyline to it, like mm-hmm. they couldn't you know make it. So they they actually put it up on their website. Um, uh, but uh, oh, it, was, it was it was <laughs> it was fun. It was just a fun a fun thing, and it was like you know I felt, and it's so funny was is that <clears throat> I felt like I was back in the race. You know, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> but that's one thing about being on the race, and, and I've talked to other uh, former racers about it as well. Is that <clears throat> after being on the race, you kind of look at things in life as everything is a challenge. 
so it's like you, I think of it is that, uh, like I said yesterday, I was up on the on the roof uh, putting in gutters uh, uh, in the east troughs, and I'm going okay. So this is a challenge. I've got to do this in uh, as fast as I can. <laughs> uh, you know, you know. Okay, what tools do I need? And you know, you go through all of all of the process. I, I make things like as if it's an amazing race challenge. If which, anybody's uh, like trying to help you, you're like, no, 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 I can't take no, any instructions. No, no. Got to do this myself. Yeah, yeah. Well, don't worry. Joanne's not going to be helping me. This will be a roadblock. <laughs> <laughs> like on most things, I'm doing it on my own. <laughs> and, and she does it hers, hers on her own. Like Joanne, like she's very handy. Like she lays tile. She, uh, um, she like, I, I got a, uh, I, I got a saw. I, uh, I got a, um, a table saw, uh, and she goes, oh, great, because then I can put, I can do some um, um, uh, molding. She wanted to do some uh, some molding. So she's out cutting, using the saw and stuff. So we, yeah, we're pretty, uh, when I say pretty handy, like we, we build stuff. I just built uh, uh, our dock uh, at our cottage. Our uh, stairs to our dock got wiped out with the uh, last year with the flooding, and so we... Um, I just built a new set of stairs and you know that that kind of stuff and 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 I thought I was out there building them think I was thinking about that oh this is a challenge to see how quickly I could build these <laughs> stairs you know it took me like a week but it, I, the show would be over by that time but uh, uh, but I wonder you know how many of the contestants would be able to do that right kind of thing so I'm so glad that you said you know you haven't always been handy because like my wife and I we just moved into our first house you know a couple of months ago. And I'm doing things like, okay, I gotta, I'm gonna install a chain on this door, and I'm like, well, all right, I bought a drill, but then I didn't realize you need a drill bit to go with this, and oh, now you need a specific drill bit. So the fact that you're building decks and stairs and gutters, like, there's hope for me one day. <laughs> well, it, you know, you're absolutely right too, though. It's if you it, when you buy a house, and we 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 bought a house, uh, you know, 25 year, no, actually a long, long year, 25 years ago, and we have a cottage. And I'm fixing stuff up all the time. When you find you you get a house like you know, you talk about putting a chain on. Well, that that that's kind of like a, I don't know, like a three minute job <laughs> compared to right. Me. Like, <laughs> but, but when you're talking about let's say laying laminate flooring in a room, and then you're doing, uh, let's see what what other things I've done in the last month. Uh, you know, I and it's it, it, maybe it's what I find. I'd rather pay somebody to do it. But I can't find anybody to do it, and it's like you know, I'm too cheap. I go, oh, that's too expensive. I can do it myself. I got the tools, and and uh, my little tip is get good, the, get good tools, and it's the the tool will help you if you get the proper tools to do the job is a lot easier uh, than um, than not having them. So it's uh, it, it yeah. So it's it's uh, you know I think of all the different things that that I, and that's why being on the race like if they throw something at us if they threw something at us like that um we're pretty adept at okay there's always a way we can figure this out that's our attitude there's there's always a way we can figure this out um whereas uh, like I, I you know the uh, you know the the glass railing on a on a deck it's mm-hmm. got glass well I'd never installed one of those before. Well, I I I, I bought the four thousand dollars worth of material, and I I tried to get a company to do it. They couldn't they couldn't do it for like three months. So I said, you know, let me try this. So I, I went ahead and I installed it. And I, but there's a lot of little tricks you have to know to do it, and I, a lot of YouTube videos. 
but I installed it. it looks professional. Um, took me two weeks, uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, those are the things that when you're on the race, if you have that attitude that you know there's always a way, you can do it. So when when I would see Arthea, uh, when I would see Irene um, go we can't do this or be, Oh, we're going to be elim- or we're going to be eliminated or anything like that. Um, that's just not in our, uh, vocabulary or, or thought process. It's also like when you're on the race, you shouldn't be thinking of the outcome, whether you're going to win the leg or whether you're going to lose the leg or whatever it might be. You should only be thinking about, the, the the step in front of you. You shouldn't be thinking about what the outcome is going to be because you, you can't predict the outcome. You, you can't control the outcome. You can only control the next step that you're going to, that you're going to place. So when I hear them do that, it's kind of, um, I, I don't like it per se. I think, you know, suck it up, focus on what you need to do right in front of you. And, and then, then, uh, cause every time they say that it's just, it drains your partner. It takes negative energy. So, um, you know, Thanesh and, and Dave, they both are w- wasting their energy trying to build their partner up. And that's that's a lot of wasted energy. You know, the four teams we have left, I mean, I feel like these are the ones that keep improving from week to week. Do you have any one team that you think has a better chance at winning than the others? <laughs> Well, uh, I certainly don't know, I, and I do not look at any um, uh, what are the uh, spoilers. I, mm. I just I don't want to know, so I I, I don't have any idea. Uh, my favorite team, and I think perhaps uh, I've I've corresponded back and forth uh, with uh, Laura uh, from the um, uh, Lauren from this. Oh yeah, Team Saskatchewan. Um, she's. Uh, I wrote some things on the uh, uh, Amazing Race uh, fan page, and she responded back to me on those. We've gone back and forth uh, a few times. She seems, you know, very very nice. Um, the the Sam um, um, Sam, you know, the the Olympians. Mm-hmm. Um, they. I, I'm surprised that Sam. He's um, He's a little unsure of himself, I would say, and um, you know th- through some of the challenges. However, um, I can't recall exactly. Oh, it was in uh, it was in Yellowknife when they they did they were they were working very 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 well together. And I thought, geez, if they work like that, where they didn't know something, they went and found out from somebody. Yeah, and they they uh, from a, an architectural firm or so, or an oil gas firm. And they found out what they needed, you know, longitude and latitude. Um, you know, that's the difference between Irene and Dave, who just, uh, you know, d- either took a penalty, yeah, took a penalty, I think, in that respect mm-hmm. or something like that. So it, I think they are, if they work well together, I think that's, uh, that, that the Olympians have a, the, um, have a good chance. Um, I think Dave and Irene have... Um, uh, have convinced the other teams and the viewers at home that they're going to win because they're because the, of Dave's uh, you know uh, sureness that he's uh, this is this is so easy. Well, you know you can stub your toe and it, you go from you know first to last with uh, 
with uh, without much. So it's uh, it, that, I would say my favorite team is the the Saskatchewan girls uh, that I'm hoping that they win, um, but um, it's. I, I and I must say that I wish Jet and Dave were in there because Jet and Dave would have really put Irene uh, and Dave in their place. Mm. They would, oh, they yes. would, they would have. Jet would have just. Uh, he would have been so funny. Like he would have. Irene would. Uh, Jet would be in Irene's head. She'd be. She'd be a space cadet. You know. Yeah. Uh, very much so. We saw a bit of it in episode one, and I think that was my biggest disappointment. It wasn't even so much, you know, Jet and Dave are a great team. They're entertaining. That you know, I'm sad they didn't get to go further. So just seeing the small interactions they had with them, I'm like, wow, this would have made for such good drama this season. Yeah, and, and Jet and Dave would not be intimidated by them. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they just don't get intimidated, right? So they uh, that would have been... Where the other teams are intimidated by them. That's why Dave's tactics of of say bullying his idea of uh, you know putting that again on the board the happy the, the sad <laughs> sad face now that is something that I would not do like that that is like that to me tips over the line of you know you're you're trying to play with the people mm-hmm. um, mentally but I always think that if you're quiet if you're just if it's better to be an assassin than to be um kind of uh, out there because my I always feel that those who boast are are um insecure they're doing it more for themselves rather than they're doing it to 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 boost themselves up um because they're very insecure now you get into a you get a uh, I think any kind of challenge uh, any kind of academic challenge with Dave and you will see his insecurity, yeah. uh, you know, bounce out. You get into a physical challenge, and he's he's all in there. But you get into any kind of academic one, and he's um, now you he's he's lost. Conversely, you get into a physical challenge with Irene, and she's just you know. Um, I would love to see Joanne, my Joanne, and <laughs> Irene, Irene do a face-off of oh, some yeah. sort. Of, some sort of physical challenge and Joanne at 60 could whip, whip her butt easily. <laughs> like just, you know, like it's, uh, uh, I, I just, I really can't stand when people give up. I really like that. Uh, even before they start, like, it's like, you know, I, I, in our season, you know, we, we, uh, uh, we took a penalty after being in the lentil bin for three hours and had to make a decision. And that's one of the things that when people, I know criticize people taking penalties. Um, when Dave and Irene take a penalty, I I, I kind of criticize that that first penalty that they took. Mm-hmm. But when you take a penalty after doing something, um, like well, when Irene wouldn't jump in the lake, like that's just that's just terrible. But um, and using their express pass. But when when you take a penalty, like in a sense, like we did, I saw Jet and uh, Brett and Holly leave. And I knew they took a penalty. We'd already been in the lentil bin for three hours. And I said to Joanne, we, we have to make the decision right now. We know we can physically beat Brett and Holly. It's not about being first. It's about not being last. Mm-hmm. So so do we make the decision right now to basically have a race against Brett and Holly? We were very confident we could beat them. And we did beat them if the Tims had not U-turned us. Mm-hmm. 
So um, that was kind of a decision we had to make at that point in time. So, you know, uh, hindsight, uh, could, you know, could we have been in the uh, lentil bin for another two hours trying to find that uh, little um, moose uh, that we had to find in there? Uh, well, we don't know. Plus, we're that's when I got severely dehydrated after having no water for three hours. I kind of have a suspicion that we're going to be getting an all-star season soon. You know, just if you look at the the way the staggering is in the U.S. season, they seem to do it every seven seasons or so. Now, having said that, I thought that this season was going to be the all-star season. didn't happen, but we did see the first team come back. If there was ever an all-star season and you were asked, would you and Joanne go back again? Um, you know, I'd say barring we're not doing something else, uh, having other things, um, it would be it would be, be very interesting. Um, I, I'd love up to be up against Brett, Irene, and uh, Irene and Dave. That would be uh, that would be fun. Um, but I think it's funny because I think that uh, I, I think that they would probably uh, attract the first U-turn um, by you know they'd be have teams gunning for them. Um, but you know there are so many there yeah and there are so many great teams my feeling is is that um season two was um was the best season uh, of of amazing race as far as teams are concerned um there are so many good teams in that in that particular uh there's the uh, the uh, hockey olympians mm-hmm. uh, there was um the uh, the um dancer uh oh god i can't remember his name uh the the dancer uh, rex and bob Mm-hmm. Um, and Rex was, you know, they were they were high maintenance and and pretty volatile TV. Uh, there was uh, the two two brothers from uh, Quebec who were very very um, competitive and uh, really uh, a lot a lot of uh, a very feisty against Rex and Bob and some of the some of the other teams. So there was some some really great teams. There was Sean King and uh, and his wife that he popped his shoulder out. Um, that particular, uh, and that's how he got eliminated by uh, by injury. Um, so there are a lot of teams. If we were, you know, fortunate enough to get to get asked uh, to to do it again, um, uh, it, it would be uh, it would it would be kind of fun to do it, um, and it'd be a challenge. Now being, you know, over sixty as opposed to creeping on sixty uh, when we were on, when we were on there, and uh, um, and age really you know that certainly doesn't intimidate me in terms of uh, uh, any physical challenges against any of the any of the teams at all uh, i i think one way or the other you said it yourself you know you, you can walk the race and win it and <laughs> on just the last you know hour or so just talking to you i mean you, you you seem to have like such a great understanding of the race it was great to hear all your thoughts about it um before we go i have to ask you outside of just being a fan of the amazing race and keeping up with the amazing race, uh, are you and Joanne up to anything? Is is body break uh, still a thing? You know, are we going to be seeing this on fifteen hundred times a day at any point in the future? <laughs> well, no. Uh, actually, the CRTC uh, uh, they changed the rulings so that uh, body break uh, our niche kind of uh, fell out of favor. But uh, about five years ago, so we're we're only on about a hundred times a week uh, across the country. Uh, um, in that respect, uh, these old reruns, we don't, we haven't for about three years, we haven't made any new ones, but we're, um, we're, we're kind of okay, enjoying it. You say, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, we're, 
um, uh, we're at our cottage, uh, kind of let's call it semi-retired. We're doing a uh, um, uh, we're doing speaking engagements across the country. We did a we just recently did something for end, uh, a social media campaign for ND mattresses. Um, we're uh, is that doing the, another... the the retro one? That's right. Yeah, that's <laughs> retro one we just did. Um, uh, two years ago, we did a thing with uh, a Santa Clarita Diet where we uh, where we ate somebody, uh, which yeah. was kind of fun. <laughs> a video for Netflix that we did. Um, uh, Joanne is uh, uh, she did her uh, first Ironman last year. Um, she she did her her Ironman. So I'm not sure how many Amazing Race contestants could actually do an Ironman. <laughs> um, so she uh, she uh, she handled that, and, and um, she Joanne's running marathons and half marathons. Uh, we'll, we'll be doing her next marathon. She's going to do in Palm Springs um, in November, um, and she's training for that right now and um, and doing that and and uh, you know you know we're doing you know forty fifty kilometer bike rides. Uh, all the time, and um, so it, it, we're not doing. We're, just, we're certainly not doing in preparation for all stars, but that's just that's just our lifestyle. So you, we're you just, live yeah. body break. You don't <laughs> need to film it. <laughs> well, you know, one of the things I mentioned on the fan page of, of Amazing Race is that is that everybody on everybody on that particular fan page, everybody I would say would has this kind of dream to be on the Amazing Race. And what I said was, is that it is, it is a, a real pleasure and an honor to be on the race, but it's up to you to live your own amazing race mm. and, and try to find, try to do your own amazing race every day. Um, do, you know, challenge yourself, uh, push yourself. And that's one of the things <clears throat> that the race brings out. You see so many times that people say they would have never done this. They would have never pushed themselves this way. Um, you know, would I have jumped into Great Slave Lake through a hole of ice to retrieve a clue if I hadn't been, it wasn't in the race? No, I wouldn't have done that. Um, but boy, it was refreshing as hell. Um, <laughs> and so it's a, uh, it is really something where you, um, you know, look at your life, and say, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge myself, and I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna make my life an amazing race. So, what's what's coming up for us in November? We're gonna go to Palm Springs for a month. Um, in February, we're gonna go to um, uh, New Zealand for uh, three weeks. We're gonna cycle through uh, uh, New Zealand um, through the mountains in New Zealand. Uh, to two three years ago, we. We hiked 154 kilometers through the mountains in Ireland in, in four in four days. Um, we, like we were doing um, uh, one day. I did you know with Joanne and I and our daughter. We did like you know f uh, 45 kilometers you know, through the mountains, and and in one day it was about a 14 hour hike uh, up up and down. And um, so th the amazing race. What it what it gave me. Uh, and I would say, apart from a lot of the good friends that I've met, uh, former racers, um, through being kind of connected in this little club that we have, and people like yourself who are big fans of the show, uh, which has been, certainly been a big benefit and, and something I, I, I really treasure, um, is is it gave me kind of an appreciation for living. Mm. That you've, you've got to get out there and live. you got to live there every every day, and you've got to 
you've got to face life like it's a challenge. So, like I said, when I'm when I'm putting in stone walkways, when I'm <laughs> doing that, it's a challenge. And I, I I I take a little moment. I laugh. I think about okay, how fast can I do this? How quickly can I get this challenge done? It's got to be done right because judges are going to come out. I call <laughs> Joanne, my judge. She's going to come out. No, it's not level. It's the, they got to do it again. You know, and so those are the things that um, uh, the race gave me. It's kind of uh, almost a uh, almost a zest for life, even more than we we already had. Uh, I have to mow the lawn tomorrow, and you're actually making me feel inspired <laughs> to do it. Like you're giving me new strategies. <laughs> <laughs> that's right when you vote the lawn and you do a cross cut so you do you know you do it one way then you do it the other way and then you figure well, okay the judges are going to come out am i going to get it done right now don't forget to do the you know the the edge you got to do the edge right yeah. too you know and so because you don't forget the edge you won't be you won't be released till you get the edge done right so but it, it is that just little things in in life that and, and i chuckle all the time but i everything i do is is a challenge, you know, um, and it's uh, it's it's how you it's how you fight through it. And, and I must say that you know a lot of the couples um, who go on there, they say, you know, it's brought them closer together, or you know, they you know working with their partner and so forth. And and working with Joanne on the show, it nothing surprised me. Like it, it like did it bring us closer together? No because because this we just we worked so well together and uh people have said to said to me over the years you know how can you work with your wife like you know 24 7 you know we work together we're you know we you know we go for bike rides we you know everything uh, type of thing and um all activities and and it's like well we're, we're able to do it and so the race didn't help us in any respect it just kind of solidified that, yeah, we know we work really well together. And the way you work well together is you stay out of the other person's lane. You, you, as I mentioned from the top, is that you, you're in your lane, they're in their lane. When you go into their lane, that's when conflict. And you only go into their lane when you think they need help or you're not confident that they're going to be able to do the job. So I'm very confident that Joanne's going to do the job. I stay in my lane, and she stays in her lane. And that's how we are able to succeed. Hey, if you and Joanne ever come to Winnipeg, you know, you need to just stop by and <laughs> give my wife and I a pep talk. <laughs> <laughs> so so is, is your wife going to be helping you mow the lawn tomorrow, or is that going to be Well, we've, we've got a three-year-old and newborn twins, so, I mean, her hands are full. <laughs> so I'll, I'll – the mowing lawn will be my lane, and then <laughs> keeping the kids away from the lawnmower will be her lane, I guess. <laughs> that's, that's well, yeah, tomorrow we'll be in Algonquin Park uh, cycling, so that's what uh, that's what we're going to be doing tomorrow. Well, perfect way to spend the long weekend. Way better than mowing the lawn. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it was awesome to have you on here, Hal, and uh, just hear your opinions on this season and stories from season you're on. Um, I, there's probably only one appropriate way to end this episode, and I'm sure you've likely spent the last 30 years having people ask you to say, you know, one thing to kind of close things out. So I have to turn it over to you. Thank you again for being on the show and let you kind of close this out in, in the only the way you can. Well, it was my pleasure being on the show, and, and I always like talking about the amazing race. And, and as we always say, until next time, keep fit, 
have fun. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net. 